When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Any good stories from the road? I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Any good stories from the road, guys? <laughs> oh, man. The dangerous Palmer Toms, perhaps. Dangerous Palmer Toms. Dude. Welcome into the Georgia Show. We'll get to that in a second. My name is Wes Blankenship. We got the Jakes. We got Palmer Toms. It is Georgia, Georgia Tech hate week. Georgia beat Kentucky 16-6. to Could have been one to nothing. It's still a win. Dogs have 11 of them, and they had all of them that they could possibly get in the SEC regular season. After sleeping on it, I don't know about y'all, but uh, I think uh, it's it, it's good. We'll deal with it. We'll flush it. Georgia's got one more game to make some history, guys. Controlled that game for four quarters. Uh, score doesn't indicate that, but that's what happened. Uh, you know, it wasn't pretty. Georgia kind of, I don't know, almost sounded like Kirby Smart afterward. Almost made sure it was that way. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't really understand it, but it was what it was. I think Georgia played a big role in that game being as low scoring as it was. And, again, they controlled it. It didn't feel anything like Missouri where you're thinking with 10 minutes left that Georgia's going to lose the ball game. Georgia kind of had it the whole way. Yeah, what is it about this team that no matter what the deficit is, you know, Mississippi State was kind of like that too early on, even with the punt return. I think they've just built up enough. And when I say they, I mean Georgia. Uh, Georgia's built up enough credit in this bank of trust it's like the circle of trust from meet the parents you kind of know they're going to handle their business against teams that they should handle their business against i mean they also really haven't been in you mentioned that mississippi state game they also really haven't been in a game where it felt like it was like where it really was close i mean physically they've been able to dominate most of these games um, it, it, it's been a matter of mistakes that they've made to open the door a little bit. Um, it, it's, it's like opening up a door and, and there being a crack of light coming through. They give them a crack of light, but then they, they'll slam it shut. And so, um, you know, I, I, I don't know exactly what it is. I think maybe it's, it's like Jake said, a little bit of the style that Georgia plays and, and their willingness to play a game like this, um, where, you know, that they have played a lot of games that haven't been all that pretty. And honestly, they haven't. I mean, Wes, like you said, they could win one nothing and, you know, it's a win and, and it doesn't have to be pretty. They don't have to, you know, they, they've won all their games. They don't need the style points. They've built up the, the, the such a resume, such a understanding of, across the country that they are who they are and they don't have to try to be anybody else. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to say, though, that I, Georgia felt susceptible against Missouri. 
that that it that's the lone instance that I, I think that you could point to in my in my opinion. I thought I Georgia was going to lose to Missouri. I did, I did too. And I think if yeah. they played, I think if they played like that against Tennessee, they would have lost. I think if they played like well, that, well, if against- you play like that against Tennessee, you lose because Tennessee is a good team. Missouri well, is not that good. Sure, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, like you were talking about the crack of light. I think that that was the one instance this year where Georgia has looked uh, human. I guess is what, is what I should yeah. say. Otherwise, they they've been in control throughout. They've pretty much they pretty well held their own with everybody. But that was the one instance I think that if you're trying to point to, you know, Georgia plays like that against a good team, or even against hey, look, a, a Georgia Tech team that just beat UNC, uh, maybe they're in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> Dogs could have a ball game. Uh, y'all uh, hit subscribe if you would. Uh, thank y'all for joining us. Y'all are a part of our show as well comment section is just so lively all the time and i can't really tell y'all how appreciative i am for that um the mutt is in the house mean mug and mutt and he also asks where are all the tennessee fans these days (laughs) y'all don't let's not punch down at people all right we like to punch up on this show uh and reach for some higher profile comedy and if you have a tennessee fan in your life just say a prayer for them so Uncle Glenn, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a lot of them when I when I get home this week for Thanksgiving. Do you so. have to uh, sit at the table with a bunch not of balls in, fans? Not not in the family. Not in the family. There's there's more Vanderbilt fans in the family. So um, they got hey they got to be feeling good right now. And and they probably are feeling pretty good. But around town, I, I will come across a lot of Tennessee fans. And um, there was a phenomenon after uh, Tennessee beat Bama, where everywhere I went, I started to see people wearing their Tennessee shirts again. They, they come out of the hills, and I mean the, that. The orange tea hats were showing up again. And I, I, look, they're starving. I get it. I, I'm not – I feel bad for those people. It's just – it's the people that would show up in our comments that I know, Uncle Glenn, Matthew C., Mean Mug and Mutt, Tomahawk Dog. I think realistically, too – They're spiking the football right now. What happens, I think Tennessee, what, a good team this year, I think everybody here agreed with that. We wrote that in our predictions. I think Tennessee has overperformed. To beat Alabama was a, a nice feather in the cap for that program. It, it's not the same Alabama as always. I think that that's also the case, too. But, look, yeah. I, and yesterday was a collapse, no question about it. But they, I think they've still overshot expectations uh, to a degree. 63 well, points then, is a lot. I mean, I mean, <laughs> most you ever, know, I think. <laughs> yeah, is that the most ever? We were trying to find that out last night. I, I think I saw that it was at least the most ever. It, it's it's one of the most ever, if not the most ever. For sure. I, I think I saw it was the most ever scored on a top twenty-five team, but I don't know. I mean, I Tennessee. I think it may be as well. It was the, I know it was the highest scoring game in SEC history. Wow. wow! Or the second highest scoring game in SEC history, one or the other. Wow! But it was it was up there and. Didn't did, just didn't see it coming, and just knew like you know we we had gone, you knew it was over. We we had just well well <laughs> we had just met up with some you know Palmer and I met up with some folks after the game, some other guys from the Georgia beat, and um you know this at a brewery, and we we're just gonna have a couple beers and hang out, watch that game, and you know Tennessee scored, I think make it a one score game, maybe an eight point game or something like that, and then I just said, all right, here you go. You know I, I thought it was gonna be Tennessee. Mm-hmm. 63 South Carolina 30 whatever 
And then I don't know, man, South Carolina just kind of hung in there and hung in there and hung in there. And, you know, they'll get to something that I want to talk about later for later, but they got, they had the stomach for it. They, 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 they definitely, that night, they wanted all of it that they could get. And, I was, and, uh, I was skeptical at the halftime break. Can South Carolina sustain that for four quarters? Because they haven't yeah. done that this year. Yeah, well, uh, two I mean, quarters it, is impressive at home, but could they do it all game? And they just made it worse. Yeah, you mentioned at home, and 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 I had said to some people, you know, that is that is a real tough environment to go play in. I mean, seven thirty kick. Da 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 da. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, I, I mean, it, that is a hard place to go play. Um, and, and I'll talk a little bit about that later too. Um, what it's like to to go and win on the road. Um, Jake, so did a little bit of fact checking there. Um, you said that this was the highest scoring SEC game. I didn't check that, but I did check. They scored 101. There were 101 points scored last night. Tennessee also had put up 101 points. Uh, did the over hit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Alabama and Tennessee can put up a combined 101 this year too. So maybe there's something in the water in, in Knoxville. Uh, there's something in the water, Bad right? Defense. The field goal post. I think yeah, they still got post. those yeah. in there. Uh, so let's hear about Palmer's trip. Uh, Jake, you were in the car with young Palmer here. Oh, man. Let's hear your account. You gave him a grade. Hey. You gave him a scout. You gave him the uh, report card after y'all made it safely to Lexington. What was the trip up there and back like? Well, okay, so so here's, here's a little backstory. Palmer and I have been working together for a while, and we've shared hotel rooms many times before. We've got that thing down pat where we're very simpatico when it comes to the to the lodging on the road type thing, you know, trying to save a little nickel for Dogs HQ and, uh, and uh, on three. Have no problem doing it. But this year is new because, uh, you know, Palmer and I have been riding the games together. I drove to South Carolina. I drove to Mississippi State. Um, we went separately to Florida. I, I flew to Florida. I went to Missouri, all that stuff. So I was like, hey, <clears throat> Palmer, need you to drive to Lexington. I'm tired of doing it. I don't want to drive. Palmer drove all the way there and all the way back, and of that I'm extremely appreciative. All right? But, man, let me tell you something. This old boy right here is fearless. Palmer Thomas will get after it. <laughs> okay and that's just all there is to it so i uh i heard that there was a little bit of uh, a mix-up on the uh odometer on the fuel gauge <laughs> i heard there was a damage i heard there was some damage done to a shoney's as well oh yes. i mean there absolutely was damage done to a shoney's we, <laughs> we, we we messed Bad up day to be a Shoney's. We, yeah, we, we, we put the herd on a, uh, a Shoney's in Dandridge, Tennessee. Uh, we threw down. I mean, both of us were really hungry by the time we got there. Uh, you also, know, Shoney's with that logo now, man. That was like a. It was it was sad to see it in the black and white. That's like a you know NWO Sting coming yeah, in. Yeah, they were. <laughs> that was a dark Shoney's for sure. No, yeah. we uh. You know, you mentioned the Dandridge, Tennessee. It feels like it would be an interstate Shoney's, but uh, as as we've noticed, it was it felt like a small town diner. I it mean, was mom and pop eating three, dude. It, it absolutely <laughs> was. Everybody um, was getting up and hugging everybody who came in the door, except us. Uh, yeah, yeah, we were strangers there. Um, but hey, we made it. There. Y'all walked in, and everybody just stopped talking. You could hear forks clink on the yeah. plates. That's right. Got some outsiders in I was, here. 
I was I was waiting for them to start talking about the the hometown football team Friday night. You know who who were they playing? I was, you know, the the Tennessee boy in me was wondering, uh, you know, what, what what's the playoffs looking like now? Playoffs. Jefferson uh, County High School in Dandridge, Dandridge, Tennessee. I'll get on it, Palmer. Um, no, but so so the the fuel situation. Let's 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 talk this through. We made it everywhere we didn't have to stop anywhere on the side of the road for for assistance we made it to the gas station now were there some sweaty palms coming through the north carolina tennessee mountains yeah yeah palmer had some sweaty palms um that car was about to be running on ethanol corn liquor yeah i had i had sweaty palms too because to the right side of the road was was a mountain because the road had been (laughs) cut into it and to the left side of the road was a guardrail and, and a river and river so i mean no options dude like none i'm so glad i wasn't in that car you you and i went rode to knoxville before and yeah you know, well, i, I was, I was telling that. palmer how we took that route and how you were just an absolute basket case the entire time white <laughs> knuckle on the handle the whole time. <laughs> um now we, we, pull, we pulled into the gas station with with more than 30 miles on on the uh, mile safety <laughs> Three miles. I'm glad no, made it. no, no, no. A mile and a half. <laughs> yes, Jake Matthew, see there. Jake still pushed Shoney's. it into the, show, into the Shoney's parking lot where, where we got a hometown meal and, and mom and pop assistance. No. Well, look, y'all needed to fuel up. It was a cold trip. It was a cold game. It was uh, a little bit more exciting than the last time Georgia went to Lexington. Which isn't saying very much, but it did appear as if Kirby wanted to play in the phone booth the same way uh, Coach Stoops wanted to do it. And I think Kirby felt confident that the dogs could just do it better. And I know that a lot of people wanted to see more points on the scoreboard for the dogs. But what's y'all's appraisal after uh, making it back home and uh, getting another opportunity to think about the game and what you saw up there? Wait, hey, I gotta ask you real quick: Are we chopping wood or are we stock? This stocks? is dog stocks, and we and we are gonna do the first installation of uh, the hunker download damn internet segment. Okay, okay. Well, listen, uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna recuse myself from this little segment right here because it's what I want to talk about when it comes to uh, or what is it, dog stocks? <laughs> yeah, stock up, start down. Dog what are we stocks. doing here again? <laughs> What are we doing here again? Are we live? Am I live? I thought you were about to ask if we're live, and I had a panic attack because I was like, did I hit live on this thing? I don't see the red thing up there. We're 15 minutes in. I'm not going to start over. No, they're they're, they're coming at us in the comments. They know. No, uh, I'm going to recuse myself from this one because I do want to get into that in dog stocks. But, um, yeah, so I just want to go ahead and throw that out there. These guys can talk about playing the game in the phone booth. Paul, what did you see? You You do the rest of the So I mean, I – Either way you want to do it, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that the rest and react, I, I talked about, and Kirby made it a point that Kentucky and, and West, going back to what you just said, they played a fairly more interesting game in 2022 than they did in 2020. But I think a lot of that has to do with how Kentucky plays and how they, especially how they want to play Georgia. They want to shrink this game. They want to make it as, as you know, take as much time off the clock and, you know, try and try and limit your number of possessions because they know that you are, you being Georgia, are more talented than they are, they being Kentucky. Um, 
So, you know, when, when you shrink the game, uh, you really got to make the most of those opportunities. Georgia didn't make the most, but they got points out of enough of them. And, and again, it wasn't enough, it was enough points, but it wasn't the most amount of points. I'm, I'm seeing uh, a lot today and I want to credit Aaron Murray on this. He had a, a take, he tagged dogs HQ's Instagram account in it. So I'm going to return the favor here. He had a take about how Kirby smart doesn't need his team to score uh, style points. Like Tennessee no. felt like it needed to do against Mizzou last week. And I'm here for that. I, I, I agree with that. I felt it throughout the game. Georgia's dominant. They're still number one. They got every vote but one in the AP poll for the top spot, if I'm not mistaken. People know this team's good. And uh, we, we talked about this previously, Jake Rowe, that uh, you don't let one game like this erase the dominance you've already seen against Oregon and South Carolina, Tennessee, Mississippi State. You know, the list goes on and on. We know how good this team can be. But I will say there is some justification in the frustration with the inability to punch it in from one yard out on the goal line. I mean, that kind of stuff, that's not style points. That's failing at what you that, want to do. I mean, Kirby that, Smart doesn't want to kick field goals in the red zone. He says that's a failure. That's failing at what you want to do. So it's not style points, but, I mean, you got to execute a little bit better down there. And I will give credit to Kentucky's defense – because they had every single option that Stetson Bennett wanted covered. And I think Stetson Bennett a couple seasons ago might have thrown a couple more picks than he did yesterday. I don't know if the wind got to that one he threw up in the air. Didn't really look like a good throw either way. But yeah. he was smart with the ball and tucked it and ran when Kentucky wasn't letting him uh, find a window anywhere. Now, my, my thing about this, I, the more I think about Kentucky and, and the way that they won that game, Georgia has run into a number of different scenarios throughout the year, right? Um, they've been in games where they've been down, such as Missouri, right? They've come back from that. They've been in games where they played one half great and didn't, uh, and, and and then played a second half very well, like Auburn, right? Uh, they've been in games where they've clearly just dominated uh, Tennessee, South Carolina, Oregon. The reality is Georgia has found ways to win in pretty much every scenario that they've been put into. And that's, I think, what has to be encouraging. And they're finding different ways to do it in each time. Kenny McIntosh comes through with probably his signature performance of the year yesterday. Absolutely. Oh, that was incredible. I mean, so signature performance of his career. That's Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, you're, you're relying on different guys each and every time. You're finding ways to win in different scenarios each and every time. And inevitably, you're going to be put back into one of those scenarios at some point when you play a good team. And so I think it's encouraging that Georgia's found a way out in all of those scenarios. T yesterday, I think just another example of that against Kentucky. If you get into a dogfight, you get into one where, look, it's not going to be the situation where, you know, the passing game is hitting on all cylinders. All right, look, hey, we can still go to the ground game. And that's been a concern that people have had throughout this season, I think. I think yeah. that they showed that they were able to do that. And I think that that's got to be encouraging. You know, and I, I will say, I, I want to jump go ahead, Jake. You know, Wes, there's, there's a couple things and you mentioned it. One of them I think is the, is the most important Georgia fans. I mean, be frustrated with yesterday for sure, because not being able to get the ball in from the one yard line, not being able to get that third and two late in the game to kind of put it away. I mean, come on, man. I mean, Georgia goes up 23, nothing. 
maybe it goes up 30 to nothing. I mean, you're looking at a, a, a very, very, very convincing, pretty almost. Memories of, memories of Gurley in South Carolina, I feel. Yeah, I mean, you, pretty, if you look at the box score, uh, you know, performance against Kentucky. It didn't do that. And so ultimately you're sitting there thinking, you know, yeah, that's something to be frustrated about. But I think folks also need to know that, that, that a part of that 16 points, a part of what that became was also, you know, the way that Georgia wanted to play that game. Like Roos is talking about how Georgia wanted to get in there and trade punches. And it just so happened that Kentucky landed a few punches of their own in those short yardage situations. Um, but, but it was, those were, those two things really came together. Both of those things are true. Like, yeah, you have a reason to be frustrated and yeah, Georgia's head coach for better or for worse chose to play the game this way. And you had a, you have a and you have an argument, I think too, that Georgia may have played the best quarterback it's played all year. Uh, this week. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, Will Levis, he didn't look like it, but listen, I mean, he may be the top, I mean, he may be the top quarterback drafted of anybody that Georgia's played this year. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we could see – maybe see where Hooker – where his recovery takes him. Oh, Nick. Nick's, Nick's is going to be in that conversation for sure, absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, Levis may be that guy in the NFL. I felt like Levis – I don't know how much Georgia game plan for him to run as much as he did um, because that, that was something that Kentucky really used well uh, before Malachi Starks almost knocked him out of the game and – it was open. Um, I think he was so banged up, and and that was kind of the book on him. He'd he'd been so beaten up throughout the season. I don't know if Georgia necessarily expected it. Uh, guys, quick break in the action here for uh, a shout out to our buddies at Breaking Tea. Uh, right now, they've just released the Ring Me T-shirt. That's their most recent work of art. Bennett Bowers, twenty-two, the mailman. Um, they got it hopping over here at Breaking Tea. We'll keep you posted on what they have coming up for the holiday season. But you know somebody, if it isn't yourself, that needs a new Georgia T-shirt. So hop on over to Breaking Tea. We've got a link to the Breaking Tea store in the episode description for this show. Uh, a question I had that I wanted to see if y'all had any more intel on, if, if, if this had come to light or if it makes sense, or maybe I'm just totally off base here. Um, Briefly touched on this when we spoke in the post-game show last night, Jake, but I'm curious as to, uh, you know, Kirby Smart's emphasis on how physical this game was going to be. Had y'all heard anything? Could you see or uh, maybe it makes sense that, that Georgia potentially practiced really hard this past week? And I'm, I'm speculating. I'm going to put a, put a huge asterisk on that. I'm speculating. But it seemed like – for everything Georgia made about this being a physical game, it did kind of surprise me uh, that Kentucky still was able to come out there and land a few blows. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hear anything about them having to, you know, practice any harder, any more physical. But I do know that you hear this from Kirby Smart every single year when Georgia plays Kentucky. I, I'm, I've been there since the beginning of the Kirby Smart era in 2016. He said it then. He said it every year. He says it on Monday. He says it on Tuesday. He says it on Wednesday in the conference call. He talks about how how physical Kentucky is, and I'm sure they preach that. I just don't know, you know, if it changes anything about the way they practice. And you know, Kentucky is getting to the point. I feel like even with that record that they have this year, six and four, should have probably won the Ole Miss game. 
you know, had Levis kind of give them a couple away there, uh, you know, especially that Ole Miss game. Um, I think Kentucky has gotten to the point talent-wise where it's going to land a punch or two here and there against good teams. Um, and uh, Georgia was on the receiving end of one of those, one or two of those on uh, Saturday. Well, and and going back to what me and Muggin said here, um, the, the some of those punches that they landed were on that secondary, and that's because they have an incredibly talented wide receiver in Barry and Brown, somebody that Georgia flirted with late in the process there. Um, he, he about screwed it up out the gate, though. Yeah, I mean, no. it, it, yeah, that was that was wow. a, that was a wild start. That was an interesting start, but I, you know, I don't think that they got exposed. I think what happened was Georgia, knowing that this is a physical game, knowing that Will Levis is capable of of being a part of that run game and having ten blockers, knowing that Chris Rodriguez is one of the best, most physical running backs in this league, they wanted to load the box, and 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 you saw that they there were a lot of times that they weren't playing their usual dime package where, you know, Javon Bullard was out of the game. They had multiple true outside linebackers in um, and, and Kentucky was able to find some success throwing the ball when Georgia was in those packages, when they didn't have Javon Bullard on the field, um, you know, d- did, were they exposed? I don't think so, because I think that you, if, if you're looking at in Ohio state, like he mentions here, they handled themselves pretty well against Tennessee. And Tennessee has that same kind of passing attack that yeah, Ohio they straight State up has. they manned up on Tennessee's wideouts that have been giving everybody trouble and shut them down. So it did seem to be a unique situation. So with that in mind, with with Ohio State getting brought up into the conversation here, uh, which playoff contender do you think Georgia matches up against the worst? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Are we considering Ohio State part of? Are we are we talking about somebody that they would play in the as a four seed or Just at, at any at any point? Because I think at this point, the the playoff, you could make the case that it is truly up in the air. I don't know what's going to happen in the game. I don't know what's going to happen in the Pac twelve and the Big twelve. I mean, these teams are so inconsistent this year. There's a lot of parity. I think it's great, but just in general, I mean, you, you look at the look at the pool, look at the pot. Ohio State, after, Michigan, TCU. I'll let y'all go first. After seeing – see, I got kind of two answers here. After seeing what Anthony Richardson did against Georgia, and, and listen, not really, not breaking out or, you know, lighting them up or anything Florida, like that. Florida. But, Florida. you know, but but some of the things that Anthony Richardson did in that game, I mean, I think Caleb Williams is the guy you probably don't want to play the most. But I think Ohio State is probably the worst matchup just because of the number of weapons on the outside. But – you know, I mean, I think USC, you know, I think Georgia would probably get USC in Atlanta, which, I mean, that would be really good for Georgia, I think. Um, but, you know, I think Caleb Williams is the guy that could really give Georgia the most trouble at quarterback or at any position in, in among the possible playoff teams. But Ohio State was pro- would probably be the worst overall matchup. Yeah. I, 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 watching I, Caleb last night, I mean, I've seen his highlights here and there on Twitter – He's a real deal. 
No, that was the exact thing that popped into my mind as well, was USC for the Caleb Williams matchup. Um, I, I think that he's dangerous. I think that they have offensive weapons that are dangerous. The real question is, you know, defensively, um, uh, in my mind. And, uh, you know, you look at a team like Kentucky, they were physical, right? They were uh, great in coverage. Ohio State, I, I'm going to agree with Roe on both fronts. Caleb Williams, the guy you don't want to see the most, but Ohio State's defense has some dudes on it. Um, you know, Zach Harrison's a, a monster. Um, and uh, I, I think the guys like that can get in and affect any team. So I, I still say Ohio State, but USC, I think, would be a tough matchup from an offensive standpoint, uh, given what they're able to do on that side of the ball. Agree all around there. Um, Caleb Williams, probably the – maybe the favorite to win the Heisman, especially gotta if be they, now, especially if they went out against, against a slate that has Notre Dame this week and probably Oregon next week um, in, in the PAC 12 championship game there. <clears throat> um, you know, Ohio state is probably the overall team that, that I think proposes the most problems for Georgia. Um should we be making the case for Alabama? Does I mean I, I mean I, I think that they that's probably the team that Kirby least wants to play. Bama, yeah, Bama. So I asked today, and, and I don't know that Bama should is is a serious threat. I think that they are part of the conversation now. They They're always back are in it. But yeah, right, they they always seem <clears throat> to be part of that. Conversation. I just think the one thing that keeps Alabama out of the conversation is the whole idea that Michigan or Ohio State is just going to have one loss. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to really hurt Alabama and Tennessee in this whole deal is that they're, you know, that, that top, of that top four, one of those teams is going to drop out but kind of hang around. Well, and Tennessee had found a way, way of probably... It's a different ball game because I think you could, could definitely make the case that a one-loss Tennessee – could get in over a one-loss Big 12 conference champion, one-loss Pac-12 conference champion, if I'm the not, committee really wanted to make it spicy. Yeah, I just don't I, see it now. I don't I, see it I, in I the don't, cards. I don't, I personally, after seeing what TCU did yesterday, I'm I'm not of the mind that they're going to lose another game. I think that they can they, – They I feel like they keep pulling it out, man. And, uh, that dude, how about that kicker just walking up? That was that like, was, uh, that was insane, dude. That was organized that was, chaos. Thing. That was like a Russell Henley putt. I know that's that's like a, a nerd. And then the, golf t- and then the TCU and then the TCU video from the team account well, was, a tr- was an absolute like walk into the trip chamber. Well, that's what they do. <laughs> they make these crazy meme <laughs> centric videos and uh copyright is dead. That's all they're I'll look, say. They're licking the horn frog, man. So um <laughs> they are <they're laughs> eleven frog win. Uh this is a segment that Jake Rowe <laughs> proposed to us and uh I took the hint and we'll see how it goes tonight. But it's called the Hunker Download Damn Internet segment. That we're that's a working title. But I want to uh, I want to put this out here, and it's basically something we saw on social media, something crazy we saw, and I kind of got the conversation started tonight. And if y'all have any other recommendations, y'all can text me. Um, I'm talking to the guys in here because I know they won't send me something that is uh, spam, cancer to the uh, live stream. <laughs> but I texted or I tweeted today in three words or fewer. Tell me. Why Alabama still makes the college football playoff 
And I got some pretty good responses on this today. Um, a lot of Bama fans actually said we don't deserve to get in. And I know that's more than three words. But I think a lot of people that aren't Bama fans are kind of feeling – they're feeling things out now. Things are getting a little shifty. And the tide maybe has a shot to knock on the door. So some mm. of my favorite responses, uh, SEC bias, because Tennessee don't. <laughs> uh, ain't going to happen. Roll tide. Make your Alabama math slash English joke there. Um, but, yeah, that's what I had today. And uh, if y'all have any other recommendations that I can throw up here, let me know. But uh, um, Wes, Wes, I just sent you the one that Roos said, and it's one that Jake and I laughed at, got a laugh at this morning. All right, let me see if I can pull this one up. It was was cold, man. That was – it was so well played. Uh, I mean, <laughs> to, to lead in that way and to, to change that video that way, uh, Gamecock football taking advantage of Rocky Top and replacing it with Sandstorm, <laughs> which, listen, I, nobody likes that song, okay? I mean, we... Which one? We, they both suck. Either They're, one of them. Both of them Nobody suck. likes ne- neither song. I, if you, if you have I'm, not I'm read the lyrics to Rocky Top, just sit down, we, pour yourself a stiff beverage, uh, we and had, get we ready did. for we some of the strangest, the strangest lyrics you've ever seen, okay? Um, I, it's some sort of romantic relationship with a like a cryptid creature, not, not like Bigfoot or the Chupacabra, but it's <laughs> half bear, other half cat, yeah, and a little bit of mink thrown in there. Luke, yeah. Fickle. Luke Fickle in charge of that. The Marmot. That's Marmot, man. <laughs> they don't come down from Rocky Top. No, I, I, here's, I, the, here's the tweet y'all were talking about, though. Yeah. Let, me, let me pull it up here. It is well done. Here you go. The song we're going to do right now was released on Christmas Day of 1967. Originally, oh, yeah. it's been recorded over 100 times. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Shout out to Gamecock Football. Hey, blame Elon Musk for the uh, copyright claim. Yeah. So the thing the thing that I appreciate about Gamecock Football on social media, they're not quite as out there as TCU. They're not embracing that. Uh, but they kind of embody what Shane Beamer's all about, and it's the 30, 40-something-year-old guy that still stays hip, tells people that their outfits are on point and lit and all that stuff. And they still they still roll with it. They embrace it because they don't really have much to lose. Georgia, I love what Georgia does. They're top notch. They're class. You know they they reflect what Georgia football is all about. But Gamecock football, they're not afraid to talk a little smack. They got a chip on their shoulder for sure. Wes, since since we've mentioned the TCU video a couple times, should we show it? Uh, no, God, no, no. Y'all can look that up yourself. I'll put a link. Yeah, look up, look up the TCU video. That's the thing that I don't like about sharing the TCU video is that they've got. I think they've got like Winnie the Pooh, and if if we put anything Disney on this show, you're never gonna see us again. They're uh, they're gonna wipe us (laughs) off the face of the earth. Um, Uh, And I'm going to Disney with my family this winter, and I don't want to get. I don't want to ruin our trip. Probably They'll a lot of people are mind-altering substances. Yeah, they're, they're watching right now. Don't think they aren't. Uh, all right, guys, let's do some dog stocks and talk about what's up, what's down. I'll get us started tonight. I'm going stock up on college football. And 
we'd heard some whispers, we'd heard some rumors that this season may be as chaotic as the 2007 season. It's not as chaotic as that, but yesterday was like a 2007 junior. Uh, you had Georgia sweating it out a little bit. I think if you weren't watching the game, you just saw the scoreboard, you thought Georgia might have been struggling. Uh, you saw Ohio State legitimately struggling at Maryland. Michigan legitimately struggling at home against Illinois. That one was was tough to watch. And then TCU, like I said, uh, the kicker, Russell Henley, when he putts, he does not kind of look at the hole, look down at the ball, look back. He just walks up and putts. It. And it prevents him from overthinking things. And that's what their kicker had to do because time was running out. Just an outstanding day of college football. That kicker just walks up and drills it. That was the coldest thing I've seen this season. But – a lot of people are complaining. You know, maybe these teams aren't good this year. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. However you come to parity, I'm cool with it. And I think if you're a Georgia fan, you still have to feel pretty good about the fact that your team is the best of them all right now. So stock up on college football and this season and all the craziness that's come with it. Mine laces into that. Mine kind of laces into that, Wes. Mine uh, does too. Yeah, well, you can lay shears into mine, Paul. <laughs> what you said, man. So. <laughs> okay, listen. Um, I watched. I watched pretty good bit of college football yesterday, <clears throat> and I watched Tennessee come completely unraveled against South Carolina, a team with playoff aspirations. And I also watched a Georgia team play just a boring, grinded out nasty game and conditions that didn't look that bad, but they, you know, you got a chance to get down there. They were effective. All right. Um, Georgia fans, you need to understand something. I, I don't agree with Kirby smarts. Like, Hey, listen, it's raining. Let's go into a shell. It's windy. Let's go into a shell. I don't agree with that. I think it's you know, kind of scared money. Don't make money type thing. Um, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write a column over it. I don't think that strongly about it. I'm just kind of eh, I don't know about that. Let me tell you something. Your coach, your coach has got the stomach for it. Okay. All right. Dog stocks are on gas. You know, gastrointestinal strength. Okay. Because Kirby Smart's got it. Um, when you look around college football and you see these teams getting slipped up on, and you look at and you see these teams kind of getting. Uh, deluged and, and 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 teams are just kind of unloading on them like South Carolina did Tennessee yesterday and and you know teams are getting upset like Oregon did against uh, uh, Washington and Georgia's not and I think a big reason for that might be because the Bulldogs have a head coach that will fight the fight however the fight needs to be fought and I I I'm not saying that he's right about it all the time because I don't think he is I think that Georgia probably should have put Tennessee and Kentucky away much quicker than they did. But he's got the stomach for a 60-minute four-quarter battle, and he's got the confidence in his team to do it. Will it slip up and bite him at some point? Probably. Everything – strengths – you know, weaknesses are often strengths to an extreme. That can probably come up and get him. But your head coach – will take that team and lead that team, prepare that team for whatever battle it has to fight. He's going to do it and and have them ready to fight it in the way that he thinks is best going to give them a chance to win. And, uh, you know, right or wrong, um, boring or not, 
doesn't give you a chance to brag to your friends this week at the water cooler like you really want to or not, that's the way it's going to be at, in Athens. And it's going to be that way no matter who's a quarterback or who's playing the game, uh, you know, for Georgia down the road. All right, Palmer. God, Jake, I got to follow that up now. Lace it. Lace it. Laces out, Palmer. All right. So I I am going stock up on winning on the road, which sounds silly, but, um, you know, because that's something you always want to do. But I hinted at it last week on our Wednesday show, and I didn't want to talk about it because I knew that if Georgia lost or didn't play well, people would be like, oh, you jinxed us, Palmer. Hey, I, I went all in, Palmer. I said that Kirby yeah, Smart was the – psychological mastermind of the 21st <laughs> century and 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 look what happened yeah well so i wrote about it and, and if if you if you haven't checked that out i do encourage you to do that because i wrote about georgia's mentality as they go on the road it's a it's a road warrior mentality where they it's us us, us against the world they love it they love it and it is why georgia has won 11 games straight on the road the nation's longest active winning That's streak there. Um, you know, and I said, look, you know, look around college football. It's not easy. Just ask Alabama. They lost at Tennessee and at LSU. I, at the time I said, just ask Tennessee because they were, you know, complaining about uh, their, the, you know, the, the atmosphere that they played in at, at, at Georgia, play them in a neutral site, whatever. Well, they'd lose again on the road. It's not <laughs> easy to win on the road um playing on and, the road in the sec is very difficult and and kirby has talked about that Take i think it often gets overlooked uh but winning on the road in the sec winning on the road in college football in general is really hard winning on the road in the sec is even harder and, and so for georgia to do it and do it as consistently as they have done it the last two seasons they they've they've gone on the road and, and swept on the road uh, you know, they've they've won every one of their SEC games. It shouldn't be overlooked. And, and so I am stock up on Georgia's ability to win on the road. And if you get nervous about Georgia playing on the road, good news, they don't have to do they it anymore to do it this again. season. That's why I waited until today. Uh, Jake Roos, your stock up has been decided for you by Uncle Glenn Hartley. Uh, yes, uh, recruiting news, huh? Uh, for I do want to throw one more in uh, before I get to some of that. Uh, but I, I will say my stock up is on Spencer Rattler uh, because I think that people forgot who Spencer Rattler was in high school. And he was the number one quarterback pretty on three consensus for the 2019 class. And last night he played like it. And it was kind of cool to see that because, you know, you see guys, you think about the bus label and that kind of thing. Um it was good to see a kid like that kind of have a signature performance. And especially uh, in an environment like that, in a place like that, after he's had to transfer out, you know, uh, stock up on Spencer Rattler. But and South Carolina just scored again. <laughs> Another wheel route. No, recruiting news-wise, um, yeah, it's it's going to get interesting. I mean, listen, I, it looks like a lot of stuff's about to get ready to drag on. Um, I think that that's really the case. You know, we're in this stretch now where uh, Samuel and Pimba's the next guy that you're probably looking for. Um, that's, uh, what, December 4th, I believe, is when he's set to announce his commitment. Still feel good about Georgia there. Chad Simmons comes through with an absolute bomb today, which is that Nicholas Harbor is still considering the Bulldogs and thinks of it as one of his top teams. Maybe he'll work in an official visit uh, down to Athens, which would be insane. If not an official, it sounds like he's trying to work in a trip at least. Um, 
five-star athlete, uh, looking like probably he's going to be a tight end at the next level. If you don't know who he is, um, his name, his, he's, he's worth, he's worth Googling. I promise you go watch the videos of this kid running um, just an insane athlete. And uh, the fact that Georgia in consideration, there, just going to make this all the more insane. So nothing like too crazy, nothing, uh, uh, you know, pressing, I would say we'll get to do another show before the Impemba thing. Um, but right now feel pretty good about how things stand with Georgia recruiting. Um, so I would say stock up on Georgia recruiting, even after the Daniel Harris commitment. And I said last Wednesday, don't write that one off as a, a boomerang possible. All right. I like what I hear there. Uh, Georgia, a machine in all facets of this college football game guys, before we wrap up. Hey, Wes, can I get to one of yep. these comments in here? Um, there's yeah. a guy named JG in here. It says, uh, you know, kind of talking about what I'm talking about. I think he's got the impression I'm saying that Georgia wants to do that all the time. It's not the case. I think it's, it's when Georgia is faced with these adverse situations where, you know, the offense has a chance to put the, give the, up team on the other side because of the conditions, some momentum. I think Kirby's willing to play the game in a phone booth and play the game as conservatively as he has to play it to put more points on the uh, more points on the scoreboard than the other team. Stats be damned, all of that stuff. None of that matters. All he wants to do is win the ball game, and sometimes it's going to take maybe doing it an unconventional way or a boring way. But he's got the stomach for it. Nobody said that anything about like Georgia being a run first. Georgia's a pass first team, man. They throw the ball 36 times a game this year, the most since 1994. I know all those stats and, and, you know, nobody's saying that Georgia's uh, some sort of, you know, ground and pound team. They're not, but when they, when they need to be, they feel like they need to be, they can, and they will do it and they will try. And that's, that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. They answered a huge question about how well they can run the ball when needed. And Jake Roos mentioned that earlier in this show and uh, kind of echo it because I think a few weeks ago around that Missouri game, people would have wondered if they needed 140 something yards out of Kenny McIntosh, could they get it? And that Kentucky defense is solid and they're stout. Uh, last thing before we wrap up guys, no Wednesday show. We normally meet every Wednesday at 8 30 PM. Uh, Thanksgiving coming up though. Uh, we'll be on the road out and about all that stuff. We'll definitely still have content for you this week. Just no live show at 8.30 p.m. So I got to double down on our presence uh, about this Tech game. And I know it's not the rivalry that you're used to seeing every year. Some fans even want to see it go. But this year and this week, I can't help but feel like Kirby Smart is uh, pretty excited about playing Tech, especially considering the fact that Georgia Tech is coming off that upset win at number 13, North Carolina. Uh, you got one more game at home, a very talented senior group that's won a lot of football games, and you are one win away from going back-to-back undefeated regular seasons. They don't give you trophies for that, but Kirby Smart likes to celebrate history. He understands it, and that makes this Georgia Tech game even more exciting, I think, and it gives you a reason to hate Georgia Tech, even if this Jeff Collins era, I know he's gone, but this is still – his handiwork as they wrap up their season. Uh, maybe it was a little anticlimactic to end the season, but now you got a fresh reason to hate Georgia tech. And uh, I think Georgia should feel pretty good about his chances to do that. 
I hate when I see the thing zoom in on your face because it's so hard to follow what you're going to say when that happens. Um, but no, I, I do think that Georgia is uh, I, Tech's feeling good right now, right? And maybe Brent Key is the answer. Um, you know, after a win like that, I, what are you going to do if you're Georgia Tech? There's a lot of problems. Um, this game always still means something. It always still feels good to the fans, right? Um, you know, I, I nobody. I'll tell you this: if it doesn't feel good, it sure hurts when it doesn't work in yeah. your favor. That's the thing. Ask Nick Chubb about that. Yeah, that's and that's so, what I was going to say. Is you do not know how squirrely things get up at that building when Georgia <laughs> loses to Georgia Tech. Like you start hearing some of the weirdest, some of the, you know, oh man, so-and-so's participating in satanic rituals. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, I mean, you, you just stuff starts to trickle out of that building. You're like, Billy oh forgot God. to drink his red dog before the game. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've seen with a goat. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, a whole a whole herd of, herd of uh, uh, goats went amiss. I mean, it's just just crazy things get said and happen coming out of uh, coming out of Butts Mirror Building when Georgia loses to Tech. You don't want to experience that. You don't want to experience as a, as a fan. Players don't want to experience it. Uh, it hurts. Hurts for a long time. But I think Georgia will hurt Georgia Tech. That's my early week prediction. Uh, guys, thanks again as always. Comment section, Palmer, the Jakes. Y'all sign up for Dogs HQ Premium. It's $10 right now uh, as recruiting season heats up. Look, that early signing day will be here before you know it. And you want to stay close with your ear to the ground as the dogs get ready for that and as we take you behind the curtain with this current team and what they have going on before they play Tech, before they play LSU, before that uh, college football playoff appearance assuming the sky doesn't fall between now and Selection Sunday. So uh, head on over to dogshq.com for that. Hit subscribe on our channel on this show. We have this. We got post-game pressers. We got everything Kirby says. We got him when he's angry at reporters. We got him when he's spouting philosophical truths. I mean, Kirby's all over the map this season, guys. I don't know if if y'all have noticed that. It's He's feeling himself a little bit. We got all that. We got this show, and we have a lot to be thankful for. So read all about it at dogshq.com, leading up to tech, leading up to that SEC championship game and beyond. Thank you all for listening to The Georgia Show and watching it and following along with Dogs HQ every step of the way. For the Jakes, for Palmer, I'm Wes. Y'all have a great Thanksgiving. We will catch you next time. Happy Thanksgiving. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.